0: Designed by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the leading interior design and home pro digital marketing agency. We know it works, so you don't have to. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design
1: business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice.
2: Hey, kids, and welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things here at Wingnut Social, Darla Jethro Powell. And today we're joined by a family friend of mine, Alexis Christina, who is a CFO and Wingnut Social's fractional CFO. What is fractional? Is she just, is there only half a person there? Is she just, you know, only partially here? Um, No, you're going to, you're going to hear what a fractional CFO is and why You're going to need one or at least want one at the very least for your interior design business. But first, before I get into my conversation with Alexis Christina, you know, I got to tell you all about her. Alexis is a CPA and the founder of Pink Moon Financial LLC, and she is the creator of the House of Enchanted Finance. Ooh, that sounds so amazing. She's dedicated to making taxes and bookkeeping easy and magical. And let me tell you something, she does. She has opened up my eyes to a world of knowledge and empowerment on the financial side for Wingnut Social. And as the CEO and founder, it's crucial, it's critical. You need to have someone in your corner who can offer you the same. So without further ado, Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Alexis Christina to the show. Hey there, Alexis Christina, welcome to the show. How the hell are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to have you on the show. I am so excited to talk about being uh, having a fractional CFO on the show today. And full transparency to those who are just tuning in, you, Alexis Christina of Pink Moon Financial, are actually my CFO for Wingnut Social. So welcome, and thank you so much for being a guest.
1: Yes, I'm excited.
2: All right, before we dig in to fractional CFO stuff and why they're important and why we need one as business owners, just tell us a little bit about what the hell is a fractional CFO?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So a fractional CFO is a little bit more than a bookkeeper. So it's your chief financial officer for businesses in kind of that in-between stage where you're not, you need more than DIY bookkeeping. You're not doing it yourself. You're also mm. needing a little bit more than just someone where their end goal is to organize the finances. Um, the CFO organized finances is kind of the starting point, And we go from there. And you just get a little bit more, or I would say kind of a lot more analysis. So mm-hmm. you're not just having your finances organized and that's it. You're looking at them. You're being intentional with your decisions and uh, just ensuring that you're not mm-hmm. spending money frivolously, or you're not spending money in a way that feels good or that doesn't feel good and ensuring that you're spending money in alignment with your goals. So that's kind of like where the CFO comes in. And it's really good to have, uh, especially when you're in that growth phase where you may have had a bookkeeper, you might have been just doing it yourself, but you need a little bit more and you, you want more profit. Mm-hmm. And you're you're yeah. like, okay, the sales are coming in. But like, why is, you know, the profit not growing as fast as I want? Like, what can I do? And it's more of a, it's your decision making partner. Um, I always say the CFO is like the right hand woman to the <laughs> CEO. And yeah. so, you know, you're not just having organized finances for taxes. It's like we get strategic with taxes, we get strategic with Uh, How your decisions affect your bottom line and what are your financial goals and how can we make that happen? So it's a little bit more on the analysis side, a little bit more of kind of a decision making partner, Mm -hmm. uh, helping you understand where your money is going and helping you. Make it go where you want it to go.
2: Okay, so, so you're you're being a little modest and you're underplaying this a bit because I will tell you, having worked <laughs> with you for what like the last three months or so, it's a lot more than just having a bookkeeping service, right? I think you're yeah. you're so deep into it, being the CFO, that um, right, that the the difference that what you offer or what a fractional CFO or a CFO offers is a lot more into understanding the insight and finances of your business, and the fractional part is. You're hiring a subcontractor in a way, right? It's not a full person. It's not a, a, a W-4 employee on your books. It's, it's a subcontractor. It's like a part-time kind of, kind of arrangement, right? Mm-hmm. For the fractional thing, it just sounds super, super cool. So one of the things that I recommend uh, is to delegate outside of your scope of genius. I got that from Gay Gay Hendricks from The Big Leap, right? That's a book. It's a, a book that I recommend. And the first position that I hired was the bookkeeper. And I've had bookkeeping for four years, five years almost, prior to hiring a fractional CFO, which is you, and thought I had it all under control. I have the bookkeeper, I had everything, but I really didn't have the depth of understanding of my finances the way I do now, even in our just brief history together, going over the books and the businesses, and you lay out everything, cash flow, forecasting, this is what you need. This is how many clients you need. This is how many managers you need. This is how much you can pay yourself in a way that just makes it so much easier for me to focus on the sales goals on the goals in order to meet those numbers that you're deconstructing to move forward. And that, for me, on a mental level and an intellectual level, and just having that knowledge has been a huge game changer in the way I look at the business and look at the books uh, for that. And I think that People are missing out if they're just having, here's, here's the books, and just not looking at it again and just, you know, putting their nose down and doing their best to, to do whatever for their business. But I think that's so important. Can you speak more to that and the importance of having that information?
1: Yeah. I mean, you can't. The whole point of of bookkeeping and accounting and all of this is about forecasting. So you have your books organized, and that's just the beginning. And then it's like, okay, well, what are your sales goals? And it's super important to have a sales goal because energetically, you can stick that number anywhere, and just energetically, you just know this is the number to hit. And it's Mm -hmm. a lot easier to tap into that. And just from an energetic standpoint, I do uh, speak a lot about like mindset as well. Um, having your books organized, but also analyzing them and looking at them and understanding where your money is going helps it make sense in your brain so that you're like, okay, you know, I really don't want to be spending this much money over here. I really want to rein that in. And I prefer to use that money to spend it over here. And without Mm -hmm. forecasting and sales goals and future looking, you can't really make those decisions. You're kind of making them blindly. So definitely like the forecasting and the sales goals, that's my favorite part. That's when we have fun. You get to spend money (laughs) and see what it feels like to spend that money in specific ways and see if that feels good. And you haven't actually spent it yet. We're just playing with numbers. Um, And then the the backlog gives you all the data to ensure that the future forecasting is accurate. So it's like it all comes full circle. Uh, But just just from, you know, an energetic standpoint as well, it's it's so important to have like the backlog in order to accurately forecast and then you get to play around. And that's the fun part. You play around with different sales goals, different scenarios, see what feels good. And then from there, you can make empowered decisions and you're not really making decisions like, oh, I, I guess this is you know, what I should be spending my money on. It's like, no, I know for a fact, this is what I want to spend my money on. And it just helps you become more empowered in your decision making. And ultimately, that's going to grow your profit, grow your business, because you're in alignment. And you know, for a fact, that everything's accurate. And this is how you want to spend money.
2: And it's, pro, it's proactive, right? It's not yeah. reactive. So you can, if something happens or if you see a downturn or you're like, okay, I'm projecting cash flow and I do want to get into cash flow in a minute for three months, six months from now, here's what you can do to prepare for that. Or here's what you know, you have 10 clients on the waitlist on the on the books, here's what you need to do to prepare for that. And here's exactly what the salaries need to be, here's what you need to be charging, here's what for interior designers in the audience, here's what you should need to be charging per hour. And this is what you need to be billing. And it's just, it's just so, so thorough. And so let's talk a little bit about cash flow. I'm kind of throwing that out very casually. But what actually is cash flow?
1: Yeah, so cash flow, I mean, at its core, it's just the cash, right? Mm -hmm. So it's different from profit. And this is where I think I see a lot of confusion is people are like, well, I'm profitable. Like, where is the money? And it's like, well, the money, you're taking it out. You know, you could have credit cards or debt or loans. Um, There's fees that you processing fees that maybe you're not accurately looking at. But profit is totally different. From cash flow. So cash flow, you're going to have all the deductions that are normally on the balance sheet. So when you're an entrepreneur, um, a business owner, you have two essential forms that you want to be looking at. And it's your profit and loss statement, which is the one that everyone loves and knows about. Sales minus expenses equals profit. Really, really important. And then there's the balance sheet that just kind of tells you your, your assets, your liabilities, and your equity. So that's essentially you know cash in the bank and then it also shows you your loans and things like that but cash flow is a totally different thing and there is the statement of cash flows which is i guess the third like you know if you were to like look up what's the forms That would be one of them. But the statement of cash flows just does not give you as much information as a forecast. So when you're thinking of a forecast, you want to have like your starting bank balance balance over here on the left and Mm -hmm. then like the months or even the weeks ahead. And you want to start thinking, okay, well, what are the things that are not on the profit and loss statement that are still cash coming out of the bank. And that's going to be your credit cards, any loans that you have, any money that you're taking out as the business owner. Uh, Things like that are not shown on the profit and loss statement. So if you're looking Mm -hmm. at your profit and loss and you're like, but I'm profitable, where's the money? It's like, okay, well, you (laughs) have to start incorporating some of these other payments that are not in the profit and loss, but are still affecting your cash flow. So they're just totally different things. And it's really important to look at both. But I would argue it's more important to look at the cash flow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So why is it more important to look at the cash flow than the other?
1: Because that's those are your resources. Like that Mm -hmm. is how much money you have to spend. That is how much money you have. And it's also going to help you understand how much money you need. So when Mm -hmm. you think about it, like, kind of, like, A puzzle it's like okay well and and it's important to do this on the personal side as well because you do this on the personal side you keep track of your finances on the personal side you're gonna know how much money it costs to live your life from there how much money does it cost to run your business credit card payments Mm -hmm. and loans included so all payouts and then that's you know you add those together and it's like okay this is your sales and now you're like okay well how much money do I want in the bank for the business, you know, to use however I want to use it, and you add that in, and then you get your sales goal. So it just all kind of adds up together. And these, uh, this is your resources. Like the profit is great, super important number, helps you understand the health of your company, uh, helps you plan for taxes, but it does not tell you how much cash you have. Also, the number in your bank account is not a good indicator of how much cash you have either, because you already have obligations Mm -hmm. that you have to spend money on, whether that's utilities, rent, you have uh, people on your team, you have debt to pay, you have bills and stuff, you know, so (laughs) yeah, you have to look at you can't just look at the bank balance, you can't just look at your profit, you have to look at the bank balance, and then all of your cash incoming and outgoing on a you know, consistent basis into the future mm-hmm. to really know how much you, how many resources do you have? What you can't know what you're going to do. Yeah. If you don't know how much you have and like where yeah. you're at right now and how so. you're going to do it. Yeah. 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 And
2: you've really helped me open up my eyes to what that looks like currently, what that could look like in the future, where we need to be. I, and I, I love it. I feel way more empowered to use your words, you know, knowing,
0: having that information Are you an interior designer looking to expand your reach and attract more clients? Well, we've got just the solution for you. Wingnut Social is the leading social media marketing agency designed exclusively for interior designers. Picture this, your stunning designs showcased to a vast online audience, generating buzz and capturing the attention of potential clients. With Wingnut Social, you can transform your social media presence into a powerful marketing tool. Wingnut Social understands the unique challenges faced by interior designers when it comes to social media marketing. That's why they've created a comprehensive strategy tailored specifically to your needs. With Wingnut Social, you'll have access to expertly crafted content strategies, custom-tailored for the interior design industry. Say goodbye to those days of staring blankly at your screen, wondering what to post next. Wingnut Social takes care of that for you, ensuring your posts are engaging, relevant, and captivating. But it doesn't stop there. Wingnut Social also provides in-depth analytics, allowing you to track the performance of your social media campaigns. Discover which posts are resonating with your audience, identify new trends, and make data-driven decisions to maximize your marketing efforts. And the best part? Wingnut Social offers personalized coaching and support. Our team of social media experts will guide you every step of the way, sharing insider tips and tricks to elevate your brand and increase your online visibility. So why wait? Take your interior design business to new heights with Wingnut Social. Visit wingnutsocial.com today to learn more. Wingnut Social, where stunning designs meet social media success. Alexis, at what
2: stage as a business owner do you recommend that we go ahead and engage with a fractional CFO or, or elevate our level of bookkeeping in this way? Is there like a, we have to be at a million dollar mark as a business or a certain dollar mark? Or where, where do we pull the trigger on this kind of higher...
1: Yeah, I think it's not so much like a dollar amount. I think it's more of like a time versus money thing. I think it's really important when a business owner is first starting out to meet with a CPA and figure out like, what do I need to start? This is what's happening. What are my taxes gonna look like? Um, And a lot of CPAs offer like one-off sessions as Mm -hmm. I do, and that's a really great use of that. Uh, Then I think the next thing to do is to do it yourself. I think you learn a lot from doing it yourself. Um, And not not just winging it, not just getting a software, but like doing it yourself and learning a little bit. I say uh, become financially empowered. So it's like financially literate with like a twist. (laughs) So you're becoming (laughs) financially empowered. And that's going to help you actually be able to intelligently choose a CPA or a bookkeeper. If you go too early into it without really knowing, I see this all the time, people just don't want to do it. They want to avoid it. They're scared of it. They're overwhelmed. Yeah, And that's just because there's a lack of education just in society in general around finances. So if you take the time and educate yourself in the realm of finances first, you're going to feel more empowered when you bring someone on and you're going to know when is the right time. So what happens is people bring somebody on too soon and they're just doing like mediocre work, like They are not customizing your categories. They're not doing any forecasting or helping you with like future sales goals or anything like that, which, you know, arguably that's more of a CFO thing than the bookkeeper thing. Sure. Um, But customizing your categories, that should be done right away. That's like the first thing that you want to do. And so, you know, you're getting mediocre work, but you don't even know it because you're not, you don't, yeah. yeah. You're just not, you don't have the education for it. So I'm here just like, Trying to educate everyone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're doing a fantastic job.
1: (laughs) But yeah, I do think to answer your question, I think it's uh, more of like a time versus money thing. So you either have like a lot Mm -hmm. of time and you're going to invest a lot of time, you know, learning and doing it yourself. Or you have a little bit more money than time. And Mm -hmm. then it's a good idea to find a bookkeeper. But find one where... When you ask questions, they give you answers. They're responsive. They want to help you understand. If you're finding that the bookkeeper you have is dismissive or shaming you or... (laughs) I see it all the time. Like my... Like my bookkeeper makes me feel bad for spending money, and I'm like, no, you, you're gonna spend money on the things that you want to spend money on. Like I would never shame somebody, but yeah. So. I was
2: totally expecting you to like make fun of me for my action figures back here. <laughs> podcast set, by the yeah. way, tax deductible podcast set. Um, no, but um, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's gonna yell at me for my my action figures on my podcast set. Never. I know I'm a grown woman, child, but it's you know I love it. It's my office, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you didn't. But you. Were you're you're very informative and made me think, hmm, how many of these do I really
1: need? Yeah. When you start looking at it, it's like, OK, yeah. when you know, over time, it's easy to spend money here and there that, you know, little here, a little hit there. It's like no big mm-hmm. deal. But when you see it yeah. all added yeah. up together, you're kind of like, does that <laughs> actually feel good? Like, is that in alignment with what I want? And then you yourself starts start to like make the shift and it won't. It won't stick unless it's coming from you and it's yeah. empowered within yourself as a decision. Yeah, it
2: might take a minute because there's quite a few on back order. <laughs> 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 full confession, full transparency here as the CFO. <laughs> Alexa, something that uh, you mentioned to me early on in our meetings was that it takes. A lot of time, several years for a business to even become profitable. It could take four, five, six years. And I know our audience consists of a lot of newer interior designers, solopreneurs, people who have just put out their shig- sh- sh- shingle, <laughs> shingle their interior design firm. I always have a hard time saying that word. And they might be kicking themselves or being hard on themselves, saying, Why aren't I profitable now? Why aren't I doing a little bit better? You tell us a little bit about that long haul and what, in your experience, you're seeing as the turnaround for service-based, you know, solopreneur businesses?
1: Yeah, I usually see around the five-year mark is mm-hmm. kind of like when things start getting more and more profitable. You know, in the beginning... It's really hard to get sales. I remember my grandfather told me when I first started my business, he said, because he also owned a business, and he was like, it's really hard to get clients. But I had been in this online space where all these business coaches sit here and they're like, it's so easy. I'm in the (laughs) bathtub eating bonbons and I just made a $100,000, you know, and so it's like... What? So, of course, I went into it like, nah, this is so easy, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's just not. And it took me quite a few years to become profitable. And then everyone who comes to me, I'm like, don't worry. Like your business is two years old. Like, relax. okay? it takes a minute. And also, if you need the money, you know, for yourself, then you're not investing as much in your business. Like if you need the money for your personal bills, like if you're, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not working. A nine to five or whatever to subsidize things and you need the money for bills, a sale comes in and you're like, oh, I need to pay my mortgage. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that seems important. So Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> things are tight, you know, especially if you don't have extra money. And so it's not uncommon to see business owners with loans. And I think loans can be a great thing. It's not uncommon to see Uh, losses in the beginning because you're investing, Mm -hmm. you're kind of in trial and error phase. It's also really hard to get sales and get your marketing right and all of that. That all takes a lot of time, a lot of trial and error, and it's not easy. If it were easy, everyone would do it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well said. Yeah. So don't be hard on yourself, guys. It does take time. I mean, you've heard guests on the show who after a year are super busy and profitable but those are usually the exception rather than the rule just keep, just know that it is going to take you like alexa says up to 5 years have you seen have you seen a lot of successful businesses take longer than 5 years maybe it just took a couple extra years but they still shaped up to be a profitable business? Is there like a a cutoff, like where you say, oh, my gosh, maybe if if after six years, I'm not making a profit, maybe we need to rethink some things.
1: I don't think so. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, are you going to follow your dreams or not? So the people (laughs) who make it are the ones who don't give up period, the end. So if you're finding that after six years, you're still not profitable, maybe a pivot, maybe look at things and, you know, maybe that's your sign to kind of shift things around. And I'll also say the people who are profitable and super successful in the first few years, who's paying their bills at home? Just putting that out there <laughs> because <laughs> if, yeah, if you don't have to take money from your business to pay your own bills, then you have a lot more capital in your business and you're able to spend that and invest in things that will help you grow. Uh, if mm-hmm. you, you know, that's also where the loan comes in because getting a loan or some funding yeah can also help you to spend more money on things, which, you know, will help you grow. But, yeah, I don't think that there's a cutoff. I think, you know, after a certain amount of years, how do you feel? Do you want to change things? Do you want to pivot? Do you want to just go back to a 9-to-5? Or does 9-to-5 sound like, um, no. No. And you're going to (laughs) continue pursuing your dreams.
2: (laughs) I don't think anybody could be the boss of me now. No. (laughs) I just don't. I don't think I'd be a nightmare. I would be a terrible
1: employee.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I would be terrible. So uh, I did things kind of backwards, but I was lucky. So I retired from the police department, I had a pension, I had money saved up when I did my interior design firm. And I wasn't profitable at all that very first year or so because I was ramping up, I was doing the marketing, I was spending money on the business. And I know that there are people in the audience who are listening, thinking maybe they have a nine to five, and they want to quit, they want to go do the interior design business. Then just want to put in there two weeks and just go do it, thinking the money will come. But I absolutely one hundred percent recommend that you have some kind of nest egg in there because you need something to live off for a while because it does take time. Yep. It could take as long as you said, yep. five years. So to make sure that you have all those ducks in a row and all that, all that, it, all that money in there, just in case you don't know. For you know, you could be one of these superstars that have been on the show that after a year or two years, are already million dollar firms, and we've had them. But that is more the exception than the rule. I'm yeah. thinking, right? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. what do what do you recommend that if someone's looking to do? their own business from the nine to five. Maybe they don't have a nest egg, but they're like, hey, a loan. That sounds good. I believe in myself. Let's do the dream. Small business association, that kind of thing for a loan? Or where do you recommend their own business?
1: Yeah, banks? you can go to the SBA. That's always a, a great mm-hmm. place and a great resource. I would also look into grants. There's a lot of grants out there. Mm-hmm. And it does take a lot of time to like apply. And you have to have like a business plan for all that. So you're going to have to do some prep work for the grants. Um, and I would also check your bank. Your bank, you mm-hmm. already have a relationship with them. Do they offer small business funding? What are the requirements? So I would check kind of those three uh, areas. Yeah,
2: I think that's a really good idea. You don't want to go into it just like with your two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless, unless you have someone bankrolling you, then God yep, bless you. Yeah, exactly. Even, <laughs> even, even then, you want to have some kind of emblem um, of... Uh, Independence, right? Yeah. (laughs) Alexis, is there anything that uh, you think we need to add to this topic that the audience needs to hear before we get into the What Up Wing that round?
1: I think the most important thing is Mm -hmm. to educate yourself with finances. Become financially empowered. Become financially literate. I know it's scary. I know it's overwhelming. Taxes are like... You know, the, the thing with taxes is that there's not there's rules, but there's always exceptions to the rules. And one thing I always say in business, especially on the finance side, is that there aren't as many strict rules as there are options. And that's why a lot of times when you ask around, you'll get a lot of different answers and they're they're all right. It's just <laughs> what's right for you. So, you know, you want to understand your specific situation. You want to know what questions to ask and where to ask them. So I think just educating yourself as a business owner, you know, the financial aspect of it, that is so, so, so important.
2: I agree. Don't be an an ostrich, right? which I have been guilty of in the past. Just delegate it. Someone else is handling it. I don't need to think about it. Not the case. And thank you so much for helping me to awaken to that. Alexis, Christina, now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut
1: round? I'm ready.
2: What would the hashtag on your tombstone be?
1: If it's not cute, I don't want it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food forever. What is it? Pizza. Good choice. Please recommend a book that's impacted you either personally or professionally.
1: Uh, this is hard because I'm a, I'm a serial book starter, non-finisher. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with The Uglies by Scott Westerfield. It's a fiction book. I really love it. I think it's a must read for like all tweens and teens, and which are the books <laughs> the that Uglies. I like to read.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Very cool. Alexis, Christina, please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you and we'll call it a day.
1: Yes, you can go to AlexisChristina.com, and that's K-R-Y-S-T-I-N-A, and I have all of my resources there so you can become financially empowered. I have free stuff, stuff for every budget, and I do also offer one-on-one services, so definitely check it out.
2: I love it. Alexis, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: So Alexis is wonderful, right? She's a family friend of mine and a funny story. I knew Alexis when she was a little teensy girl. And one of the last memories I have of her was I was in Lake Placid with her and a friend of mine, some friends of mine. And she threw a snowball in the back of my head while I had like a hundred and three degree (laughs) fever. And and now, of course, it's like, oh, what a funny memory. But at the time, not so much. But, you know, I love you, Alexis, and you're terrific. I'm so happy to have you here as part of Wingnut Social and our fractional CFO. And the difference you've made so far in just the short time has made all the difference. So, guys, if you are not quite getting a handle on your finances or if you have a bookkeeper and they're doing the QuickBooks or doing the minimum But they're not really walking you through the nitty gritty of the cash flow, of the forecasting, of building the business to a place. And you feel intimidated or overwhelmed or you you don't want to reach out and ask them or maybe they're not offering. Maybe they don't have that service. Reach out to Alexis, Christina. You know, all the information is on our show notes at wingnutsocial.com. She has free resources for you or look for fractional CFOs for interior design businesses. If you want to go your own way or ask, ask around in your circles of friends, super important, made a huge difference. Get a good one. Get someone who has good references, right? Because I imagine there's some bad ones. Alexis is a good one. I'm incredibly blessed to have her on board. All right, guys, that is it for this week. Remember to go over to wingnutsocial.com if you need someone to do your social media for your interior design business. You're just too damn busy. You have no idea what to do in order to get clients from Instagram. It's a whole thing of overwhelm. We understand that. We know that. We take that all off your plate and do it for you. And if you're a beginning interior designer, or maybe you're not quite at the place to where you can delegate your social media to have someone else do it the way that we do it here at Wingnut Social, check out our Instagram for Interior Designers course. It's a DIY, at your own pace, chock full of how to build a strategy, marketing, differentiation, value propositions, everything that you'll need for your interior design business in order to find ideal clients on Instagram. It happens. Our clients get them. You hear guests on the show who aren't our clients who get them from Instagram. It is a thing. So if you're not getting clients from Instagram, check out that course, see what you're doing wrong, and see what to do right. All right, guys, that's it for today. Remember, until next time, to get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social. But that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut
1: way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly
2: fastened. All right, so Alexis is wonderful, right? I lucked out. She's a family friend of mine and fun, fun, funny story. hmm? Echo, turn off the studio lights. Good boy, Mango.